You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. I would tell you, like, number one, why why are you still working on that now? And my assumption is because you're trying to cram it all in because you want to apply early and graduate early and all this stuff. Um, but what it sounds like you're doing is setting yourself up for failure because you're getting to a point where you're starting to apply pretty late. Hope, welcome to Ask Dr. Gray pre-med Q&A. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How can I help you today? Um, I am a student at St. Louis University. I'm going to finish my BS in three years. Okay. So I'm graduating in May of 2020. And so I'm applying this cycle. Okay. And I was looking at my plan to make sure that I have all my prereqs to graduate early. And it's looking like I might have to take a class, like a little fine arts or something, just to finish my degree mm. in the summer after May 2020. So I technically won't graduate until that summer, okay. even if I walk in May. Okay. So I'm wondering how that would affect the medical school admissions process. As long as... So technically, for most medical schools, you actually technically don't need a degree. Um, so it okay. should be fine as long as you have the prereqs done for the schools that require prereqs before matriculation. Uh, obviously, if you're coming down to the wire, depending on the school and when the school start date is, and you're like, well, I the school start date is July 1st, and you're not going to finish classes until July 8th, then you're going to have to figure something out. But I don't know if I would worry about that now. Um, if, if it looks like you're on track to, to finish your prereqs, uh, obviously do well in them, and and have those ready for for medical school you should be fine it's not like the schools are out there going have you graduated yet have you graduated yet have you graduated yet um they're they're looking at your transcripts they're looking at the classes that you've taken making sure that you've um that you're on track for finishing the prereqs for the schools that have prereqs but outside of that you should be fine okay that makes sense thank you um i was also wondering uh so I'm putting together all my experiences on my medical school application. And I know that there's a difference between shadowing and clinical experiences. And I have some that I feel like overlap. And I was wondering how to classify those. Like, for example, I've been shadowing a surgeon who has a private practice and he'll let me work with his patients and he's a hand and wrist specialist. So he'll let me do like grip strength tests Mm -hmm. with his patients and things and work the x-rays. So I don't know if that's clinical experience because I'm not just a shadow. Yeah. You know, I'm doing things. Yeah. So there are some experiences where there is going to be overlap. Uh, One of the more uh, popular ones that I talk about a lot is being a clinical research coordinator. As a clinical research coordinator, you're doing a lot of interaction with the patients, you're organizing their schedules and staying in contact with them to to make sure that they're still eligible for the the trials and everything. And uh, a lot of time, the clinical research coordinator is also just hanging out in the room waiting for the doctor and watching like watching what the doctor's doing with the patients until the doctor's done and then they go to their next appointment or or do the next thing for that research. And so 
that's part clinical experience, part shadowing experience. It's easy enough to just have two separate things on the application and just kind of guesstimate the hours for each. Um, So that's that's completely uh, reasonable. Okay, thank you. Um, And rec letters. I'm looking at organizing those as well. Um, Because I'm graduating a year early, I'm having trouble finding people who know me as a person and um, fit the requirements for the schools that I'm applying to. And I've noticed that some of the professors, so I've been taking some summer classes at a community college to graduate early. Mm. And a lot of those professors from the community college know me really well because those are smaller classes uh, during the summer and they just know me better. But I don't know if a rec letter from a community college professor is looked at differently from the, than from like a four-year institution. I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, okay. are, are there going to be some medical schools out there, some admissions committees that are like, oh, if it's a letter of rec from a com- community college, we're, we're not going to like that? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's the substance of the letter that matters the most. Okay. Um, so go to who knows you the most that also fits kind of the required letters that you need. Okay. And then also some of my professors are foreign and have maybe some sort of language barrier. Yep. And I'm worried about a letter, even if they know me really well, Yeah. if it's not as well written as it could be not to be that's that's the game you play i just don't know yeah that's just the game you play okay unfortunately so so those are your questions now i have a question for you as we're recording this it's august 1st right it scares me that you are still working on your applications that you're still working on gathering letters of recommendations and for me I would tell you, like, number one, why why are you still working on that now? And my assumption is because you're trying to cram it all in because you want to apply early and graduate early and all this stuff. Um, but what it sounds like you're doing is setting yourself up for failure because you're getting to a point where you're starting to apply pretty late. So if you are applying through AMCAS, the MD application, right, if, if you were to miraculously be able to submit your application today, you likely won't get verified until the end of August at this point, probably four or five weeks out, um, end of August, beginning of September. And then you get your secondary essays. Um, There's been a weird change this year that I've seen where historically secondary essays have have come out really as soon as you submitted, even before you were verified. But, But it seems like this year they're waiting until verification to send the secondary. So then you're getting your secondaries. Hopefully you pre-write them in, in these four or five weeks that you're getting verified and you can submit them, turn them around as fast as possible. So that's mid-September. Um, before your application is, is complete and ready to be looked at. And interview invites are going out already. And there's mm-hmm. there's only so many interview invites to go around. And when you have rolling admissions, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot by, by being this late in the game. So what are your thoughts when I say that? Um, I'm definitely nervous. I'm under pressure from my parents. My dad is really pushing me to apply now, this cycle. And he's like, if you don't get in, just apply again next cycle. But I don't know, is my first application my best shot? Or So applying again isn't an issue. The biggest issue with applying again is cost 
Okay. And it's a huge pain in the butt because you need to improve your application from the first time to the second time. <laughs> and so you need to have potentially more hours of shadowing and more hours of clinical experience and more and more and more for extracurriculars. And, and grade-wise, are you taking more classes to improve your GPA? If that's going to be an issue, have you retaken the MCAT? If, if that's a potential issue, rewriting your personal statements, getting new letters of recommendations, all of these things, right? You need to improve your application from one uh, submission to another to show what you've done to overcome. A lot of secondaries will ask, hey, if this is not the first time you applied to medical school, what have you done to, to fix your application? And it's not typically the answer isn't, well, I just applied earlier. My application mm -hmm. was perfect last time. It was just late. Um, mm -hmm. Because a lot of schools aren't going to want that answer because it's like, well, is it true that it was really perfect? Or did you not just reflect on it enough and, and try to be self-aware enough to understand that, that you do have some flaws in your application? So great, daddy's pushing you to apply early guess what? Like, have him get on the phone with me. I'll tell him why it's a ridiculous idea to do that. Um, this late in the game, have you taken the MCAT yet? This month I will. Yeah. So, so hope don't, don't apply this year. You just, you have so much going on. If, I mean, if you can do well on the MCAT while you're doing all these other things, God bless you, right? <laughs> you're, you're an amazing person because most students will crumble at this point. Right. Trying to gather letters of recommendations. How close to, to, to being done with your personal statement are you? I'm done. Great. Or I think you think I you're am. done. <laughs> That's all right. How, did you read my personal statement book? Uh, I have it. Nice. <laughs> I have it. I didn't read it, but I have it. Uh, okay. Um, you're still working on your extracurriculars, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. How close to being done with those are you? I would say they're pretty much done. I need okay. to look at them probably one more time and... Okay. Clean them up. So for the most part, your primary application is done. Mm -hmm. You could potentially submit it tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Um, letters of recommendations. You don't technically need all of those in until right your application is near complete, your MCAT score is in. So potentially you could be working on those, getting those in while your MCAT score is being processed, while your application mm -hmm. is being processed. Um, when this month are you taking the MCAT? the 17th okay so mid-august not mm -hmm. going to come back until mid-september um so so mid-september is when your application is going to be complete what's your gpa um oh gosh i don't know cause roughly my summer classes 4.0 3.8 3.5 3.4 okay so not a stellar gpa what are you shooting for on the MCAT? What what have you been doing uh, full length wise? Um, like 500, 502. Yeah. So not a good MCAT score, right? Expect mm -hmm. expect your real MCAT score to potentially be a, a couple points lower. Uh, mm -hmm. What full lengths are those that you're taking um, with those scores? I bought the Kaplan pack, so they're okay. Kaplan full length. Okay. Typically, historically, from from students, not the most um, realistic as far as translating their full length mm -hmm. scores to the double AMC score. So I would really want you to take a double AMC test okay. to see where you stand. If you're right around 500, 502, stop. 
<laughs> cancel the MCAT, reschedule mm-hmm. it until later next year, uh, like um, not not late next year, like March, April next year, and apply next year. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to force all of this down. Because if you turned around and you said, you know what, I have a 4.0, I'm graduating early, I have a 4.0, uh, on my practice tests I have a, a 5.10 or a 5.15, I'm like, great, roll the dice, mid-September, hopefully, hopefully your stats will help overcome a late application. Because really that's what uh, medical schools are are looking to do at that point. It's like, hey, like, w- who are the diamonds in the rough at this point? The, this, the really stellar students that are just applying late. Um, the, the, last, the last part is just location-wise. Uh, when I called you on Skype, it was a Texas location. Are you applying to Texas medical schools? I am. I'm okay. from Texas. Okay. So. so here's the last piece of the puzzle. Texas is super transparent with who gets interviews and who doesn't. And the numbers off the top of my head, I, I want to say it's like 90% of students who get interviews apply in May, June, and July. Okay. It's August 1st now. Mm-hmm. So everything is telling me to tell you to not apply this year. Take a yeah. break. <laughs> relax. Take a breath. Right? You have your whole life ahead of you. Mm-hmm. A year difference. Sorry, Dad. A year difference isn't going to change anything other than you get to hang out at home for another year. <laughs> um, but it's it's just not worth it. Uh, it's not worth the cost to apply. It's not worth the stress to, to try to overcome um, potentially a low MCAT and have to take it again. Right? Can you just picture yourself studying for four more months for that stupid test? Um, versus just taking a break right now and and putting it off, right? Keeping some semblance of, of uh, classes and everything uh, and staying scholastically involved, but, but really just putting off the MCAT for a while, get back into it a little bit later this year um, to set yourself up for success later on. Okay. It's good advice. It's honest. Thank you. <laughs> they call me Honest Abe. <laughs> no, they Thank don't. You so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, not typically the the best feedback that students get to delay and and put off applying, but I I think it's the best advice for you in this specific situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so if I so then I would be taking a gap year. Yep. Because I'm on track to graduate early. Yep. Or you don't graduate early and you you find some other classes that you enjoy taking or for financial reasons you don't take any more classes you just graduate early and and take a gap year get some clinical experience right we haven't even talked about what clinical experience you have how much shadowing you have i mean you Mm -hmm. you talked about shadowing the orthopod and and how he lets you do things but Mm -hmm. uh, we haven't talked about extracurriculars right so um, we've been talking mostly from a scholastic standpoint and a timing standpoint but how much shadowing do you have? How much clinical experience do you have? All of those questions um, could potentially even tell me even more to like, yes, delay your application. You don't have you don't have enough of that stuff, um, and and potentially you, you can spend your gap year um, strengthening all of that. So, you're saying I should probably delay because it's just not worth the effort and stress of submitting and not getting in. 
I'm saying you should delay because the data says that at this point, especially for a Texas applicant, you are very, very, very unlikely to get an interview and to be accepted, okay. especially with your stats, right? Your stats overall, they're so-so, right? They're, they're not amazing. They're not horrible. They're so-so. And a so-so stats with a late application, just it's, it's not a marriage made in heaven. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Any other questions? Um, no, I don't think so. All right. And if you want to tell your dad to email me, have him go right ahead and email me. I'll be glad really? to talk to him. Hell yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> I talk to a lot of parents. You'd be surprised. Okay. Good to know. Thank All right, you. Hope. Yep. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out all of our other amazing podcasts at mededmedia.com. That's M-E-D-E-D media.com. <laughs>